and what I'm preaching on today. Okay? So, cultivating a servant's heart. Now, nothing is clear. Hessian writes here, you know, uh, he, he writes here, nothing is clearer from the New Testament than that the Lord Jesus expects us to take a low position, the low position of servants. This is not just an extra obligation that we may or may not assume if we choose. It is the very heart of the relationship which the disciple is to take up to God and his fellow man if he is to know fellowship with Christ and any degree of holiness in his life. When we understand the humbling and self-emptying, you know, when uh, Hessian talked about that, I immediately thought of the Kenosis passage, which I've shared with you many times, Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. We only understand, we, when we understand the humbling and self-emptying that is involved in really being a servant, it becomes evident that only those who are prepared to live quite definitely under the shadow of Calvary, ever contemplating the humility and brokenness of the Lord Jesus for us all, only those people will be able to uh, assume that position. Hessian goes on. Further, we shall see more clearly still what our position is to be when we understand that we are to be bondservants of the one who himself was a bondservant. The Lord Jesus Christ himself was a doulos. He was a bondservant. Nothing shows Better the amazing humility of the Lord Jesus, whose servants uh, we are, than that Philippians chapter 2, verses uh, uh, 6 and 7. Though he existed in the form of God, he thought not e that equality with God was a prize to be held on to, but emptied himself and took upon himself the form of a doulos, a servant. And was made in likeness of man. Now the, we don't have a choice in the matter brothers and sisters. You want to be great in God's kingdom? You've got to be a doulos. Jesus was without rights. He was willing to be treated as the will of the Father. And the malice of men might decree. If he therefore, thereby might serve God and bring them back to God. Now Paul goes on in that passage, the Kenosis passage again, he goes on to say that not only did he take upon himself the form of a servant and was made in likeness of men, but that he was willing to endure the pain and the shame entailed by the death on the cross. Essien goes on again. He writes, Our servanthood to the Lord Jesus Christ is expressed in our servanthood to our fellow man. 
says Paul again here, 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 4, verse 5. But we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus as Lord, and ourselves as bondservants for Jesus' sake. The low position we take towards the Lord Jesus is judged by him by the low position we take in our relationship with our fellow man. An unwillingness to serve others is costly. That is because we humbling ways he takes to mean an unwillingness to serve him. So if we refuse to serve our fellow man as doulos, being doulosses, we he ta uh, Jesus takes to mean an unwillingness to serve him. And we, uh, th we thus put ourselves out of fellowship with him. Now th again, this is so contrary to those that go around calling themselves prophets. You know, they want to gather attention to themselves for the purpose of following, uh, uh, procuring a following that will serve them. You know, when I first moved to Kanab back in uh, 2013, I went out to, to the internet. Of course, you know, first thing that you do when you new, move to a new area, I didn't know a soul that was in here. But I knew, that's okay. You know, she, she's a, a great illustration of what I'm talking about. I, I'm serious, you know. What what is she doing? She she's doing what you know. I'm I'm, I'm don't don't get this that I'm, you know, getting down on you. I I think she's cute. But what what does she do? She she runs around and she does what she wants to, right? You know that's the way that so often we are when we're baby Christians, right? When she gets you know she she does it because she's exploring her world. So it doesn't offend me at all. She's uh, not only about the most adorable uh, little girl I've ever seen, but I, I think she's cute the way she runs around trying to explore the world that she's around. Now this is us though, right? This is us when we first become Christians. We run around and we just do whatever we want. But when she gets older, she's going to learn that you don't just do whatever you want. But you have responsibilities in this life. Amen? Amen? The responsibility is to be that doulos. We're not to be babes in Christ. We, don't, we're, we start out, we receive the Lord, we're babes in Christ, but we don't stay babes forever. When we grow, we learn, we have responsibilities. And our responsibility is to be that doulos. Okay? <clears throat> so the Lord, the, the, the low position we take to, uh, towards the Lord Jesus is judged by our willingness to be doulosses to our fellow man. And again, this is so uh, contrary to what men who go around calling themselves uh, prophets. I started to tell you, you know, that when I first moved here to the Kanab area, you know, I, I naturally started looking for a church to attend. And I went out to the website for one of the pastors here in, uh, in uh, Kanab, and he called himself an apostle. 
And then he went on to say that he operated in all five of the ministry gifts in uh, Ephesians chapter 4. You know, Paul delineated uh, five ministry gifts in Ephesians chapter 4. There's the apostle, there's the prophet, there's the evangelist, and the pastor and teacher. Okay? So he was saying on his website that he operated in all five ministry gifts. And I scratched my head and I said, this man is really impressed with himself. There wasn't anything in there about glorifying Jesus Christ and being a servant to Jesus Christ and a servant to his flock. It was all about him. And there's a lot of people. Naturally, I didn't go to his church. You know, I came here instead. But there's a lot of people that are like that. They just want to draw this following to themselves, you know, for their own personal satisfaction, gain that power for their own pride. But Jesus said that we're not to be prideful. We're not to exalt ourselves. Instead, we're to be humble. Hessian goes on and quotes this particular scripture here. Luke chapter 17, verses 7 through 10. And which of you, being a servant, plowing or tending sheep, will say to him when he has come in from the field, Come at once and sit down to eat. But will he not rather say to him, Prepare something for my supper, and gird yourselves to serve me until I have eaten and drunk, and afterward you, can, you will eat and drink. Does he thank the servant because he did all the things that were commanded of him? Jesus said, I think not. So likewise, when you have done all these things which you are commanded, say, we are what? unprofitable servants we have only done what is our duty to do so one meaning of this parable uh, to me is there's always more for us to do for God's kingdom our work is never done there's always more that we can do now Hessian takes this scripture and he draws this five marks of a bondservant a doulos. First of all, the doulos must be willing to have one thing on top of another put upon him without consideration to himself. So this servant worked in the fields. And then he prepared his master's meal. And after he prepared his master's meal, he waited on him hand and foot until his master was finished. And then only then could he eat and drink it for himself. And he just did this without expecting anything else. And how often do we do this for the Lord? And then we murmur and we complain, you know, and moan about our lot in life. The moment we start murmuring, we are acting as if we had rights. And the doulos has no rights. Number two, Hessian says, in performing his duties, the bondservant is never thanked for it. Jesus said it right there. 
He said, uh, uh, does he thank the servant for the things commanded him? Jesus said, I don't think so. So he has to do all these things and he never gets thanked. You know, uh, uh, Dolly at, at home, she uh, cooks the meals usually. You know, sometimes I cook and then she does the dishes. I was doing the dishes for a while, but then she complains about it because she doesn't think I do them right. But she does all that and I really try to thank her. But as doulasses, we are not supposed to expect thanks for anything that we do. I get up here and I preach these sermons and sometimes people will come up and say, that was a really great sermon, Pastor uh, uh, Cliff. But I don't do it for your adulation. You know, I appreciate uh, compliments and stuff like that. But I'm going to keep on preaching God's word no matter if it, nobody comes up and compliments me or thanks me for it. This is God's word. I do it for him. And I do it for you to feed the flock. That's the responsibility that he gave me. I don't need thanks for that. Hallelujah. How often when we serve others, then we act bitterly or complain if we are not thanked for it. A bond servant must be willing to continue to do his duty without being thanked uh, for it. Now, can you do this? It's nice to be appreciated, but can you do it, you know, because you, you do it for the, just think of everything that you do for other people. You're the, the doulos, it's because you're a doulos for God first. Amen? Amen. Number three. Third mark of a doulos. Having done this, he must not charge his master with selfishness. Having done this, that, that is the work in the fields, the preparing of the meal, the waiting on him, and then not being thanked. Having done all this, he must not charge his master with selfishness or lack of consideration. He doesn't grumble to himself, my, my master doesn't appreciate me. It's probably true in the parable. Maybe is you know the master in the parable was selfish. But it never enters the head of the servant to charge him with, with that, you know. And so often when we are put upon by others, we think of them being selfish. You know, you can't have it, that attitude, brothers and sisters, if you are going to have a, live a life of crucified living. Number four. Having done all that, there is no ground for pride or self-congratulation. Instead, we are to consider ourselves unprofitable servants because we only did our duty. You know, that's, that's, that's something to, to really think and meditate on. Count yourself an unprofitable servant because you only did what is your duty. That is, we are no, of no value to God or our fellow man in and of ourselves. Why is that? The Apostle Paul put it this way in Romans chapter 7, verse 18. In our flesh dwells no good thing. Everybody say that. In my flesh dwells no good thing. We are what we are, you know. 
because Jesus has saved us. I am who I say I am, like we heard in the song earlier this morning. I am who I am because he says that I am. I am in Christ. That is, if we have acted thus, it is no thanks to us, but Christ who lives in us. Fifth and final mark of the doulos. The admission and bearing what we have in the way of meekness and humility. We have not done one thing more than what our, was our duty to do in the first place. God made man in the first place that he might be God's bondservant. Man's sin has simply been his refusal to be this doulos, this bondservant to God. That's what our sin is when we refuse to be the doulos, the bondservant. Man's restoration can only then be a restoration to this position of being God's doulos, God's bondservant. So this then is the way of Calvary, and that's what this whole series is about. Amen? It is the way that God's lowly bondservant, Jesus Christ, first walked for us. He first trod that path of being a bondservant. And that's the way that we should now walk for him as his bondservants. And finally, Hessian concludes by saying this, those who tread this path are radiant, happy selves. The happiest people in the world are the biggest losses, the servants of all. Radiant, happy souls overflowing with the life of their Lord, they have found that he who humbles himself will be exalted. Now I just want to wrap things up here. Brothers and sisters, the life of the Christian is one of divine contradictions. Because God's con uh, uh, to the world, the divine contradictions to the world, because God's kingdom runs completely contrary to worldly thinking. And that's why he tells us in Romans 12, 2. He said, be not conformed to this world, but be, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You've got to get to where you don't think the way that the uh, world thinks. You've got to get to the way to where you don't think the way the devil thinks. You've got to get to the place where you don't think the way that the world thinks, your flesh thinks. You think God's way, God's thoughts. Amen? Okay. Now, consider these in instances. You know, I thought of this uh, uh, story back in Acts chapter 17. The Apostle Paul and uh, Silas went to Silas, you know, his companion Silas. They went to Thessalonica and they're preaching the gospel. And all of a sudden, these, uh, uh, this rabble 
rises up and uh, they accuse him. They said, these men who turned the world upside down are now trying to do it among us. You know, I had a uh, uh, New Testament uh, professor. He came to this and you know, you know what he told us? He said, these people were dead wrong. He said, the, these pe men, you know, Paul and Silas, they're turning the world up. They've turned the world upside down. They were wrong. You know why? The world was already upside down. This is an upside down world we live in. We're not turning it upside down. We're turning it right side up. Amen? We're turning it up, uh, right side up when we live as uh, doulosses. Number two, here, think about this one. Jesus said, the last will be first, and the first shall be last. Matthew 20, verse 16. People want to be first, they're going to be last. If you want to be last, you're going to be first in God's kingdom. And then here, we have the greatest in the kingdom is the servant of all. Mark chapter 9, verse 35. And by the way, uh, the, the context for that uh, scripture is the same as uh, that scripture in Matthew chapter 20 that I read at the outset. You know what that was? His disciples on the, the road to Jerusalem, they were arguing together. You know what they were arguing about? They were arguing about who was going to be the greatest in Jesus' kingdom. And that's why that was the context where Jesus told them this. The greatest in the kingdom is the servant of all. And finally, there's this scripture, Luke chapter 14, verse 11. The man who humbles himself will be exalted, and the one who exalts himself will be humbled. So you're going to make a, try to, you know, there's that uh, saying on that one beer commercial, I'm trying to make a name for myself. I don't want to make a name for myself. I want to make a name for Jesus. Amen? I try to live a humble life, not because I'm humble, again, not because I'm humble in and of myself, because I, I'm not humble, you know. There's no book out there called uh, Humility and How I Found It. Anybody seen a book like that? You're going to call yourself humble, you know. You're trying to exalt yourself. So I don't want to exalt myself. I want to exalt Jesus. Amen? Hallelujah. He is the one that is worthy. Okay, final scripture here. Matthew chapter 18, verses 1 through 4. At the same time, the disciples came unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of God, heaven? And Jesus called a little child unto him and set himself in the midst of him, them. And he said, Verily I say to you, except you be converted and become as little children... <clears throat> you shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. 
Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same shall be greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Okay? So on that note, I want to have uh, Sean cue up the final uh, uh, little song. I love this little song. It uh, was recorded by Maranatha Music probably close to 50 years ago. And I love this little song. And we don't have the words up there, but I printed them out on the PowerPoint presentation. Sisters, I love that little song, but I love that third verse right there because it just exemplifies exactly what I've been saying here. The greatest in the kingdom, kingdom of children, greatest in the kingdom is what? The servant of all. So let's keep this in mind because God wants us to be servants. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, let's uh, close in prayer.
Father, I pray that you would help every one of us to take this to heart, Lord, that we're to be uh, servants, Lord. And those of you that, those of us that you put into leadership positions, help us to be servant leaders. And Lord, help us to look each day, each and every day, Lord, for ways that we can serve our fellow man, serve our families, Lord God, and serve those around us. And we thank you for being with us and for helping us to remember this message. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.